is Chronic Victory Podcast number 28 with me, David Manthe, where I say the motto, and it's going to matter today, big time, which is take with you what you can use, leave the rest behind. And I say that today because it's uh, this one's going to be more controversial than the other episodes so far. And I like that. I think it's good to talk about controversial stuff in a productive way, get more ideas and share those ideas and whatever lifestyle comes out of that. So today I have a special guest, Stuart McCaw. And Stuart, where are you right now? I'm in uh, Bedfordshire, UK. Oh, okay. You're not in Guatemala anymore. Not in Guatemala anymore. Now I'm back. Cool. So he does his own videos um, online. I uh, what's your what's your Instagram? I should have written this down. I feel horrible. Yeah, it's just my uh, my full name. So it's Stuart McCall. Stuart McCall. Um, yeah, and he talks a lot about life and faith, and that's kind of what we're gonna go over today. Is that controversy in faith? Because people with chronic illness and chronic pain, there's a lot of evidence too and research that's been done about if you have something chronic, some type of condition, and you have faith, you actually are living a better lifestyle or you even get more healing and you feel physically better. Like your symptoms aren't as bad uh, for those that had faith as opposed to those who do not. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to persuade anybody to be anything right now. However, at the same time, if you have a different belief, great, whatever you believe in. But I do it's my personal opinion that someone needs to believe in something in order for them to become their best self in this life. And I think that's a reasonable thought. So if you don't believe in something and you're kind of lost, like I was maybe a couple of years ago and more, maybe perhaps jaded, depending on what you do professionally, maybe it's time to start thinking about new ideas and then creating uh, some type of belief in something that, you want to follow through in. Oh, that's good, T. Before I get to uh, Stuart really quick, I just want to remind you about Liquid IV. Again, I, I don't I don't get like I don't get paid. I don't get sponsorships um, from companies, but I like to share products for companies that I, I use their products and they work and I believe in and I stand by. And Liquid IV for me is one of those products. So if you have a chance to look them up, basically it's, it's like this drink mix, mix it with about 16 ounces of water and you will be hydrated. I have that problem where if I don't have enough salt and minerals and water in me, I'm going to faint. I go down and then it's another trip to the hospital. So liquid IV might save you that copay. I just want to remind you about that. They were cool enough to send me a lot of free stuff that I did mail out to all of you that answered, uh, replied, and I'm sorry I ran out. And I actually had to uh, break open some of the packets and start splitting them up to try and get everybody uh, something in the mail for you. So I apologize if you didn't get the whole bag, but I was trying to make it fair for everybody that wanted that. So a shout out to Liquid IV. Check out their website, check out their product, check out their Instagram at Liquid IV. If that's something, if hydration, and especially if you have dysautonomia or POT syndrome, that's something to look into to help you with everyday life. So moving on, Stuart McCaw, 
I want to, you're still here. Thank God. Um, Go <laughs> uh, this is the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. And it's, I don't mean to blindside you, but, but who is Stuart McCall? Yeah. Good question. Pretty much uh, your regular 27 year old brought up in the UK. Uh, there's nothing that sets me apart other than the love of Jesus. Um, and I just, I live to share that out. I, I've, got to the point in my life where I've I can acknowledge what my gifts are I know what I've been given I know what I carry and as a result I want to use that for good I want to use that to share uh, my faith with others uh, I want to break the stereotypes of as you talked about you talked about controversy I want to break it being controversial to talk about faith and really open a door where people can explore what that means that's fantastic. Sounds to me like you know exactly who you are, which kudos to you because a lot of people don't, especially at 27. Mm. How did you get to that point, actually, now that, now that you say it out loud? How, uh, have you ever always had this belief and, and lived your life in a way of faith or did something happen to you that triggered that? Sure. Good question. I was brought up in church till around the age of 16 where I dipped away from the church because the pressures of my friends, the pressures of the world led me to a place where this no longer made sense for me and my desires of life. I then spent a couple of years doing what I wanted to do, going out, um, getting drunk on a regular basis, sleeping around. Um, yeah, just doing whatever I felt like doing that day. Um, effectively and whatever suited me made sense um, and I did I kind of I'd obviously had I'd noticed that some of the best my best friends and deepest relationships had gone had was with people from the church that I'd grown up with but they were still living their lives some people some people had walked away some of them were still there until I got to around 20 20 I think it was 20 when a friend invited me back to church and I went for an event and I of course been to this church uh, for 15 16 years of my life and they welcomed me in with open arms I really found a place well I just I, I effectively walked through the door and was welcomed in with open arms and that that meant a lot but it didn't mean anything faith-wise it just there was a warmth there there were good people there i knew that was a place that it wasn't just a place i used to go it was a place i could come back to that was the first the first step what i quickly recognized was there was a hunger in me that wanted to know more but again i wasn't at a place of faith but what i recognized was i had an interest in this that i'd never had when i was 15 and below i used to go and one of my friends bradley we used to go to church on a sunday evening to meet to play football so it was an opportunity where I could connect with a friend and, and play football. We would go as, a, as an output to improve our football skills. But, uh, but it, didn't, yeah, it didn't provide a place where I was interested in what was, what was going on until I, was then, until I then returned. And I found myself going on a regular basis because I, I was intrigued. I was intrigued as to, of course, my parents had gone for many years. Why? What was the, the foundation for that? And I started doing my research and looking into why people do it, why people of all faiths go to their place of worship. Why, why is that done? And uh, through that, 
through my own life, I started saving money. This was 2000, it started 2013. I knew that 2014 was was a travel year. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know whether I was going to go to Australia and work in a bar and work, get job to job. I didn't know whether that was my the output for that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. And this was probably January, 2013. I'd just got back into church. That wasn't going away on a, on a mission trip. Wasn't anything, you know, I was interested in at the time. And as the, as I, involved myself more in the church and as I started delving into what faith looked like I then started applying for a few things that were international towards the end of 2013 October time and I got to 2014 January and I said this was the year I don't want this to be the year that another year that goes I want this to be a year that I can say that I did something you know I planned this I'd, I'd started saving money in 2013 at the start for something and I want something to to stand out for this year and I went to a Sunday service in the evening and I really said you know I basically I prayed effectively I said to God like this is I don't want this to be a waste I want this to be an opportunity where I'm used by you wherever that may be I want to go and the next day I got an email while I was at work I got an email from an organization that I'd applied for to go and do a course where it was like a, a sports course, but it was a Christian sports course. And I, I hadn't got a response first time round because they said, you, you've applied for this back in October, but you haven't finished your application. Is this something you're looking to pursue? And I said, okay, that's interesting. Uh, how much would this, how much would this be? And so I'm waiting for their emails. And um, this was evening. This was in the States. So this was in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, your, your neck of the woods. <laughs> and so effectively they told me how much it would be and I was 38 pounds we're talking a couple of thousand pounds this is a couple of a thousand dollars I was 38 pounds probably 50 dollars off the total price I needed to go on this course and I thought that was incredible I thought there's something in this you know I've, I've asked for clarity on where I'm going there's something in this I'm not you know I wasn't at a point where I was saying this is God this is where I'm going this is it I just knew that this was something to be pursued and so I signed myself up for it and so in I think it was May or March maybe March March I left the, the UK to go to Virginia to Richmond Virginia to do a a DTS which is a discipleship training school with an organization, uh, a youth organization called Youth with a Mission. Now, this youth organization have, I know, over 1,400 bases worldwide where they're training up people to learn what it is to be a disciple of Jesus, to then have them spend two months at the end of their course in a different culture to their own, in a different place to their own, going out and serving and being the hands and feet in in the place that they feel called to. So I spent three months in Virginia and then I spent uh, two months out in Brazil and Bolivia for the World Cup while it was in Rio and two weeks out in uh, Bolivia doing some mission work in um, Santa Cruz, Bolivia. Wow. In that, yeah, incredible <laughs> experience, incredible experience. But what it meant was, yeah, it was just a time where it was away from friends, away from any influence of just time where I could focus on what faith was. And I tell you what, the first two, three weeks, I thought, what the heck have I signed myself up for? What have I done? Because I, what I was, what I'd stepped into was this place where, 
where literally God, God was being put at the center of everything. And it really made me think like I had gone to church. I'd gone and sang about songs in which, you know, I'd, I'd put God at the center of all I've done. And then I'm seeing it in, in reality and I'm telling myself it's weird and that I need to go home and I'm going to get them to put me on the next flight home. And I, I took some time to think, out, think about it and to, to step into it. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, actually, I've been living a life really in the UK of hypocrisy. Um, my life has said, I go to church, I, you know, I live Jesus at the center of what I do and I try to you know, be a Christian by what we define a Christian is, but am I really putting, does God go further than my Sunday service? Does God come into my week with me? And the truth was no. But what I learned was that it sh- he should, he should come into my, my daily um, and in everything I'm doing. And so it really gave me opportunity. And in a nutshell, what I learned was my identity in Christ, which made me and filled me with the, the vision to see what everybody else's identity of Christ is, because he says the same about me as he says the same about you. So I know, okay, this is about me. Wow. Okay. He, he must think the same of you, that you were created for a reason that you were created for purpose. And so that gave me what that was. It's like a greenhouse of faith where I learn about that. I get to ask questions. I get to have arguments. I get to do all these things, but it's in a safe space. Not everybody agrees the same thing, of course, but it's a place where everybody, they give you the chance to really explore what that is. So I came home filled. I came home thinking I've lived this life of going out and doing my own thing and relying on me. And actually, the skills I've been given are for purpose. I have a purpose in my life. And this is this worldview also makes the most sense in comparison with what I've lived and my my. Um, circumstances my situations what I'd done but also what I hoped for of eternity what my morality was what I what I considered to be valuable and right and true and that all changed within that time and I came home and it was very difficult to to to, in it was very difficult to stick to that I would say to stick to that kind of I'm going to go all for it I'm going to go for it because the culture is so against it you kind of come up against people that might say you're weird or might um, just not support you or come away from you because they're embarrassed. They're also, you know, they're putting their reputation on the line by being with you and you receive that and it's difficult. Oh yeah. But the priorities remain the same that uh, I lived a life and people, people after that came to church with me because they saw such a change in me that they wanted to know what, what this Jesus was all about. They wanted to know, um, uh, yeah, and and you obviously interviewed Beth. Beth saw that. Beth knew me before my time away in America. She saw me after, and it began to she uh, she began to ask questions of that, and we we explored that together. Yeah, she um, said you always have a, a habit of messaging her um, related to faith at just the perfect times too. I thought that was neat. Wow, wow, yeah, and I think that's that's what you hope for. You hope to be a support to people. You hope to be a vessel but all you want to do is point point the finger towards towards god this isn't about me this is about this is about representing jesus in in what i do now do you feel that see for me i i had a, a experience where within the last probably year and a half when i lost my job and all this other bad stuff happened it was uh and, and kind of dealing with this new life dealing with chronic pain and chronic illness 
uh, mixed together where I had, I had a lot of the same questions you did. And maybe, maybe every uh, young adult or young male, especially kind of asks like, you know, what, am I good enough for something? And what is kind of, what am I here for? What's my purpose? Yeah. And I started to talk to some good friends of mine who uh, are Christian. And, and I, for, for me, especially my background with law enforcement was everything that I need to learn or, or know to be has to be evidence-based. And sure. um, what, what one of my friends showed me was he actually gave me a copy of this movie called the case for Christ. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of that. Yeah, um, yeah. Lee Strobel, who was this yeah. like, and I think he was an investigative reporter or at least a reporter. And he was actually out to disprove Christ and that it was just like all Christianity as a whole is just some farce that it's all made up and he couldn't do it. And then like after an amount of time, he got to the point where, he actually saw enough evidence that led him the other way. And he actually became Christian when he was completely against it in the first place. And his, his goal was to disprove Christianity. Wow. And and, uh, that was pretty powerful to me. And he had a lot of the same questions too. Like, well, uh, and especially I was going to ask you this too. I recently heard this conversation about spirituality, um, but they were actually um, pinpointing Christianity uh, as a political tool as far as like ancient civilizations or ancient tribes, even where you have a collective group that thinks uh, if they think the same way or believe the same things, they achieve more. And where, where do you kind of draw that line or what's your viewpoint on people that think it's all um, for somebody's gain? Because I think it's much more than that. It's it's not, I don't even, I think it's sure. I think it's accurate. If you do have a collective group, that thinks same does achieve more because they have the same beliefs. But I don't, I don't believe that spirituality say 2000 years ago was created for political gain. Sure. But what are, sure. what's your view on that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. I think that unfortunately uh, because of people's uh, selfishness and their own desire, what we've seen over the years is that in many um, cultures in many, and we see it even today. If we go into poorer nations, a religious leader almost has more influence over the people than the political leaders. Mm. Um, and there's a level of trust there um, that they will give them a right answer. What effectively they've seen is political leaders come in, lie for their own agenda, and their 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 belief is that the and it, you know their expectation, and rightly so, their expectation should be that their spiritual leader and the leader of the church should be giving them wholehearted, true, honest advice. And what it's led into, you know, in some uh, environment, is led into people knowing, okay, I can be heard if I sometimes, in some cases, pretend to be or go after becoming a religious leader on behalf of being heard rather than keeping the gospel at its center place. Wow. So, so, and we see it today. I believe we see it today. I believe we see leaders that are getting into leadership for the wrong reasons. It's sometimes in the, in the modern world, we have leaders, pastors, youth pastors or pastors of churches that are called They're They're to be sought after people love who they are. 
and that's what they go after. They go after that for the wrong reasons. And on the same, you know, this is that's a minute issue with the church, but an issue, of course, as well. But of course, we go after that same thing. And I think as people, people are in, we, we live in sin. Effectively, we, our selfish nature, the same selfish nature that made, made me go after the things when I was younger, says it it's lives, in, lives in all of us. We, we all have feelings that we want to go and do. And we have to deny those feelings at times and say, actually, what is, what is gospel-centered? And I think that can be something we battle is this idea of ego. And, and, even in, and, and the church has as much problem with that as outside because we're people. That's the, the issue is because we're in a church, it doesn't make us free of that. So absolutely, there has been problems uh, politically because of the belief um, of the role of a religious leader. You kind of hinted there too, Ed, um, something that I like to try and get people to practice, even me myself, which is, especially with chronic conditions, which is discipline, where you have to, if you have that discipline, and then the more you exercise it, um, as far as your decision-making process and, and either feeding that ego or feeding into those worldly desires or those worldly things that you want as opposed sure. to kind of neglecting those and just starving them. Sure. Oh, that's so good. Absolutely. So do you, I, I also heard this that I wanted to bring up was yeah. there's this Christianity has this bad rap right now especially in the u.s like if you're out with a group of dudes and you say you're a christian prepare to get uh ripped into kind of like you said where it's it's kind of taboo people get uncomfortable they don't understand it because it has such a a bad light because of all these different um influencers that now aren't necessarily good people or what have you but the um what i see most is that people believe it's this kind of um very strict, unfun, boring, tame life of mediocrity where you just yeah. church every Sunday, tuck your shirt, yeah. never swear, mm. uh, don't pass gas, like all these like ridiculous, it could be something as far as, oh, like they just can't, they can't do per se certain things. They're very restrictive and they'll get yeah. upset with people that, yeah. but on the other hand, what I want to hear what you have to say Christianity is because I'm learning, I'm finding out, I have my own mentor that it's the complete opposite where it's kind of difficult because I've always been neutral in the show because that's the way I was at work. Sure. Right? As a, as a um, dispatcher, somebody in law, you can't really voice your opinion, but I decided before this recording, I guess that I'm going to share that I am Christian and I do, I do follow Jesus. Um, I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I know everything. I don't know scripture. I'm still learning. Cool. But I do know that this is the direction I want to go. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's exactly the opposite where I'm finding like to be a Christian and actually kind of taking risks. It's, it's exciting. It's not boring. And that a lot of, you mentioned some issues with the church where it's, uh, if you if you do only do the church thing and you kind of stay within that every Sunday I go do this and then uh, yeah. just believe in stuff and I go about my business and don't actually follow through and, and live this way that it's it, it is kind of boring and it is kind of tame and you're starting to almost live that stereotype. Absolutely. On the other hand, like we are as especially as men, uh, we are meant to be 
wild. <laughs> we are meant to be out That's taking true. risks and, and doing things and being active and, and living a certain way. So I, I guess, I mean, that's really long. I don't even know if it was a question, but I want to get your take on what, you know, comparing how people view Christianity based faith and, and what you believe it is, or if that's similar to what I think or not. Great. Uh, I love the conversation. I love the fact you've asked me to come on here and talk about these things. I love being able to explore where people are at and and really just break down some of the stereotypes and that's half the reason i do what i do especially the most recent videos i've done have been more about you know let's break down these stereotypes yeah. let's break Seeking down to understand that was that was one where i was like all right i want to talk to this guy <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very cool. very good stuff man i really appreciate that you take the time to do that for people i appreciate that i'm also really honored that i've just heard you tell everybody on your podcast that you're a, you're a christian Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I decided like, listen, I'm not, I'm not in government law or anything anymore. Mm. I don't have to shut my mouth because of a dollar. So yeah. it's my show. I'm going to be open and anybody's welcome here. You know, this is, this is not about, this is not uh, like an indoctrination to be Christian, to follow me. This is a, you know, this is who I am. And if you can use something that I say or that Stuart says to benefit your life and to grow and be a better person, that's what it's about. Yeah, that's great. I think oh, there's a there's a we co we covered a lot, but it's it's uh it's all such good stuff. I think I have plenty of experience of going out and talking about faith with with several people. Um, sometimes I've done that completely the wrong way. Sometimes I I've, and I'm learning. I'm learning all the time, yeah. uh, and I'm, I've been shaped and molded and been spat out sometimes. Um, but I'm hoping that that I can reach out to more people and I can do it in a way that's loving and it's got to be, it's got to look different for whoever you're talking to. Um, and so one of the common things that people will come back with as soon as you declare to someone that you're a Christian is that means that you can't. Oh, Oh, <laughs> that means that you can't have sex before marriage. Oh, that means that you can't get drunk. That means that you can't. And it's re what's really interesting is we look at, we, what we can't do over what we can do. So I, and it all comes from down to this feeling of, of selfishness, what I want and what the way I want to live my life, because we focus so much on that, that when someone comes in and says, well, probably that's not a good idea. We go, well, that's a, that's an infringement on my freedom. <laughs> and I, I, and so to kind of, I don't, I don't go next to kind of in a nutshell, what I would, what I constantly remind myself is when there's a discipline to be had, I remind myself of a toddler that's running out to a main road. And I remind myself that, that as, a, as a dad yourself, I'm not a father, so you know this feeling. I want you to, I'm putting you in this situation. Yeah, do it. Your, your, your toddler's about to run out into the road and you run and you stop them. To them, you are the most hated person. <laughs> the person they hate the most because you're, put, you're stopping them from going where they want to go. The problem is they don't see the danger of what they're about to step into and the freedom that comes from you stopping them from going down that, that road. And this is the issue when we look at it from just, a, okay, that means you can't do, absolutely. But where it all makes sense if you understand the role of Jesus within, within the Bible and within Gospels. Because what you, what you start to understand is his nature and what freedom we come into by saying no to certain areas of our life, it means that we can say yes 
in others. I'm going to give you an example. I, when I was younger, I um, was, was looking for relationships all the time. And, and wherever I could find them, I was looking, I was on to the next one, I was on to the next one, I was on to the next one. And I couldn't, I couldn't sit still for it, effectively. I had, a, I had a problem. And what it's meant for my life is that since I've come into being committed to one woman, it's been really difficult. It has been, it has been really difficult. And there's been, pro, there's been a process that I've gone on to go, I'm going to work on this and work on marriage. I'm always looking to better that. But that freedom that I had put a limit on my ultimate freedom and peace of how I can live my life now. Does that, does, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, that's just an example. And I believe that, you know, there's also a stereotype in the church about, about, oh, he's Christian. So he goes to church and he thinks he's perfect. It's not that at all. It's the same reason someone would go to the gym. They're not saying they're in perfect shape. It's because they're saying I need to go to the gym to become better, to become healthier, to become fitter. By going to church, we're acknowledging that we're broken as individuals, but we need a savior. And that's where Jesus steps in as, as savior to do that. And ultimately, there comes freedom from, from making that decision. I no longer need to feel the pressures of looking good for society because Jesus says, I'm, I'm, I'm amazing the way I am. But regardless of what I wear, I'm amazing the way I am. That's just an example. But right, yeah. And God says that you're amazing, and all the listeners that you've got now are amazing the way they are. Yeah, that they have purpose, that there is a purpose for their lives. And I think that's, that's absolutely, that, what that does is that makes you go, if God says I've got purpose, I'm outside and I'm in the freedom of knowing that I don't need to focus on what everyone else thinks of me because what my heavenly father says of me is more important. And what would you say to the people that say, oh, you know, faith, religion as a whole is just meant for people to believe in some fantasy that makes them not as depressed and and not as suicidal or makes them feel better about their life yeah good question good question i think that it's what effectively what you've said is is based off uh, evidenceless god so we talk about this idea of faith but one of the the videos i did last was about faith and it's about talking about this idea of faith isn't just something you follow blindly so absolutely if you're looking at it from a blind faith perspective it almost doesn't really make sense you're looking into it and you're going wow i kind of believe this sort of thing it there is very good as you've discussed with um the case for christ is that as you look into it more we look at the the fact that there is evidence of jesus and and what he's done there's evidence of what he did uh while his while his time on earth and that he he died and he rose again and there's very good evidence for that being truth I yeah, think, especially yeah. one that stands out for me, um, now yeah. that you mentioned that, is yeah. over, I, I forget what the instance was, um, you could do your own research, whoever's listening, but where you had over 500 different witness accounts, set 500 separate witness accounts, yeah. Yeah. that this happened and, <clears throat> and, and people witnessed it. And these, a lot, you can't, 500 people to know each other and all be in cahoots like that. 2000 years ago, I can understand an argument. And that, that's what I said to my friend was like, well, obviously the 12 guys following him, his disciples would document this as, you know, happening because they follow him. Right. That's what, yeah. like, if you had a, um, I, and I, I'm going to be the first one to say, I didn't know anything really about Jesus except that he died on the cross. And, and I would ask my friend, you know, well, isn't this just kind of like a, a group who was trying to influence and, and he's like, no, like, look, and there's 500 
I think even over 500 separate witness accounts about what happened, yeah. uh, about things that he was doing. And like people obviously didn't even know each other. It's just insane like that. If you're leading an investigation for a crime and you have two different accounts, that's one thing. But if you have 500 of the same account, there's yeah. a pretty good chance that that yeah. thing happened. Uh, just, just from that standpoint. But back to the topic of mm. Jesus, I didn't, uh, I'm in the middle of Luke right now. Yeah, cool. And yeah, I've, I'm, I haven't even gotten to the Old Testament yet. I was told to read the, the new stuff first, but because yeah. uh, I like to learn. I want to know if what I'm believing is, is righteous and if, if it belongs, my heart belongs to that, which so far it does. And I don't plan on changing that, but the idea of, of blind faith can totally be turned on its head. If we look at look at it from an atheist perspective, if we say mm -hmm. it, it's not exact, it's not, it, it's all this, it's all that. I have to then, if you're an evidence-based person, that's absolutely fine. You then have to tell me if you're saying you're the person declaring a truth that is not a truth, that that the Bible is is made up, that there is no God, etc. Whichever way you come from it. I then expect someone to turn around to me and say, okay, what's the alternative? Because, because that in itself is blind faith. The belief that there is, there is something is a faith. The belief in something based on experience, they say, okay, this is my experience and this is what I, I hope there's no God or this is my view of the world that says there's no God is a faith. So what the Seeking to Understand video was about was going, okay, Let's look at whichever worldview you have. It's pretty crazy, but look into it. Look into the worldview you have because that's the issue. And you talk about it as in America and you talk about when people say, I'm a Christian and they get stick. What's the alternative? That's the issue. People don't want to, one, spend the time looking into the alternative. And two, they know that actually it means ch potential change for their lives that they're not prepared to give up. Yeah, I think even the mathematics behind the universe of what we know of the universe, the, the universe that we can see would kind of be against them from what I understand as, as far as <laughs> even things as like our uh, distance in relationship to the sun, how the moon and the sun, how uh, basically how our solar system works, everything. I mean, you're talking about certain, uh, I mean, planet size or moon size things that move at a to a pinpoint where things align like gravitationally it's just yeah. like stuff that i can't even that's about as much as i can go into that because i'm not <laughs> you know i'm no scientist but that's kind of what i took from from learning about that stuff where even this even the mathematics are like okay like this is no accident because the whatever equations that they're using to get to those conclusions are like there's some type of I don't even want to say, I don't want to say life behind them, but there's something more than just random numbers on a sheet of paper, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. It, in, in some situations, if it was, if it was a small amount out, it wouldn't be allowed. It wouldn't be possible to, to have it the way it is. Um, but in a nutshell, in, in a nutshell, effectively how, if you've got nothing, something can't come from nothing. Yeah. If we if we didn't have planets, we now do. If we have a big bang, it's a it's a crazy thought to think that nothing created a big bang. If there was nothing, and the world had to have started, 
Well, and isn't know, that I, the first uh, the first thing they say about the Big Bang is that something happened, but they don't know the something, but something that's happened. It, that's so it. It's, yeah, it's, precisely it's, what you're saying. So it is a it is a crazy view alongside that having you know having a belief in a god. I consider to be what well, that's a that's a pretty crazy view. But I hate this idea in society that you know you talked about it. You said that you know in America there's people that would be it would be stood out as if they had a crazy faith, but everybody in the room has a crazy faith whichever side of the table you're on yeah and it's just and it's just about creating a place where we should explore that together no one should be ridiculed for having a faith but are we creating a space where where we can we can talk about that but i think as long as it's a a faith that doesn't lead to harm or a worse life i'm not going to go too much into it but something like radical radical islam where like the point is to hurt and maim and kill and and misguided things like that but I don't want to get back to Jesus real quick, hear what you have to say, because I didn't know a lot, like I said, I didn't know a lot about this dude. And uh, when you see, uh, I've been reading this really good book, um, and in it, it says, you know, when you see pictures of what people depict Jesus looked like, he's very soft and gentle and always, maybe he's like letting some doves go to fly away or he's petting something, you know, he's like very soft and gentle, maybe even feminine looking and very soft skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, from what I've read in the Bible, I picture him as more like this rustic mountain lumberjack guy because he's like, not only was he a carpenter, <laughs> you like mm-hmm. that, but he, uh, like he, he, people call him out on stuff and mm-hmm. he just gives it right back. Sure. He's, he is very aggressive. And then he speaks in parables and forces these, you know, essentially his opponents to think. And then there's even times I love the, uh, I think it was, a, I don't know, I can't recite it off the top of my head, but like the synagogue where people were selling things and like conducting business for coin within yeah. the synagogue. Yeah. He, he gets upset. Flips the table. He, yeah, he starts flipping tables and yelling yeah, yeah, yeah. at him. It's like, this is yeah. not the same guy that yeah. is depicted in all these, you know, in church and um, all these uh, framework and, and on the windows and stuff. This is a totally different guy. Yeah. So I think it's important for people to actually, uh, at least, you know, if you, for me, like if I was to dismiss Buddhism or something without learning about it, I think that would be, make me, I don't know. And I'm not saying you have to go out and learn stuff, but it would make me feel small minded if I didn't learn all the facts about everything that I possibly could. And we don't know, but what, I mean, how, what do you think about Jesus? Do you have that similar view on him that i do um it's really interesting because uh in our world today we can go down a road and see a church and we can go in and jesus can be depicted as the lion the strong hard-willed person that is coming again and will take those that that don't repent and people need to turn back from their lives now you can walk 100 meters down the road and you can go to another church that tells you that Jesus loves you as you are and almost doesn't mention anything about turning away from sin because Jesus loves you as you are. And what's really important is that both the foundations for those beliefs are from a good place. So we learn it through scripture that Jesus is depicted as the lion mm-hmm. and the lamb. So in, in both, with both characteristics, and so we learn that at times, as you mentioned, you know, people are doing business in the church and he's flipping a table that we see the characteristics of the lion that defends what's right 
and sticks up for things on behalf of his father and says, you know, this is who is, is God and says, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. And he's prepared to put his foot down with that. Um, on the flip side of that, we see a loving kind of a uh, loving lamb that goes out and helps people that does good things that wants us to go and do good things. And we see that. And that's where that's almost uh, it's, it's where C.S. Lewis's the, um, Aslan comes from. Yes. Yeah. So we see through the obviously um, uh, we see through the actions of, of Aslan. We see that he's a lion. Uh, but he, in, in some of his actions, he depicts the characteristics of of a lamb in what he does, and so that's a representation of of Jesus. So if you've watched the line, the witch in the wardrobe, that is turn that on his head. Watch that again. That's that's phenomenal, and that gives a good, you know, just a characteristic the characteristics of Jesus. And when he when he gets when he's killed on behalf of others, like the last time I watched that, I, you know, I I saw that in a new light. It was phenomenal. But there's a balance, and it, uh, what I mean is, it comes from a they both come from a good place and a place of truth. The problem is, what we have to look for is a balance in truth and love. We have to take up the truth of 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 repentance of sin and and what it what it does to our lives we also have to take up the value of love and sometimes we see people on street corners not all street preachers are like this i don't want to label anyone like this but the the issue is non-christians potentially will see someone saying you are in sin you need to turn away from your sin now and that's all they hear and and it's right i don't want to take any truth away from it but without jesus at the foothold of that of that decision it doesn't make sense and it sounds like someone's just being violent whereas on the and then you've got the side that go actually we've got this church and we don't really we allow people to live as they want that's not biblically correct either because there is things that the bible is quite clear on that say to avoid to run from to to avoid a lifestyle of and this might so, be something that yeah. other christians disagree with me on but this that is why i don't um go to church at least not often is because like you said earlier, all of that um, sort of curriculum or how you say one church and is different from the one that's a hundred meters down the road. Yeah. I, that's, that's kind of dangerous to only solely follow what that one church believes in and how human beings have skewed that belief over time, depending on who's kind of leading it. Yeah. Which Except I think we should yeah, Which so is why we should never, I guess, put our trust in a completely, sorry, completely, we should never completely put our trust and take everything, as we say, from a leader of a church. Because what we have to remember is they're human. They, one, make mistakes, and two, sometimes have their own ego agendas for the message that they're getting out. It, I believe, as a, as a, as a Christian, that church attendance is important um, because of because of surrounding myself with people that are going to lift me up in that and they're going to encourage me in that. And, and I guess the same reason we go to, if we wanted to become a professional athlete, we'd go to a running club. We'd become, we need to be around people that are going to push us to, to be better than we are now. Then we need to have friends that think the same way we do. So I'd like to, you know, we need a podcast that can make you think critically. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, so it's, so so there's that, but but if I think that definitely, I think I totally understand that thought of saying, you know, the, the church do this. There are churches that get it probably the balance better than others. 
of but there are yeah. churches. I've never been to the perfect church. I've never right. been. I've never sat in a church and gone. I, I agree with absolutely everything that person says. I've never done it. I've never done it. I know. I know that. But that's my interpretation. I feel like through the Word of God, through through the Bible itself, God reveals Himself to me as an individual, and to us as a as a married couple. His character, which which should be the Bible is is the same as it was yesterday, today, and and consistent regardless of the culture it's in, and so that should be our standard. And so sometimes the people of the church, we've had it, we've had it in churches we've been in where people have let us down, and I can totally see why people that are new to the church would go, well, this church let me down, and this is why I don't like Christianity. Absolutely, yeah. but what we need to remember is people are people, and we've been given a grace by by god that we also owe you know that we it would be wrong of us not to give to other people when they make mistakes because we've been given that forgiveness for the sin that we're in i agree 100 percent. i don't know if i've challenged you there or no yeah, you, it, it kind of reminded you, me you just reminded me of my old line of work where um, yeah. people would do bad things get arrested go to jail and then especially being younger you would yeah. resent those people you would hate those people but at the end of the day they're just people and everybody has bad days some people make bigger mistakes than others sure i uh i couldn't understand why parents would mutilate their children or beat them to death but the people and i'm i'm talking more about like lesser things like uh maybe they pushed one of our officers or like got in a fight with them and like a physical altercation and yeah. we brought them in. It's like, you hate that person because they were trying to hurt one of your brothers or sisters. But yeah, at the same time, they're human and they're going through something. And uh, I, I look back now at how angry and jaded I was to a lot of people and how it really closed my mind that, especially my thinking that all people are inherently bad after their childhood, right? that the world happens and then everybody just has an agenda and wants something. Everybody's bad. And that's how I saw everybody as a threat as, as something bad, which led to hypervigilance and being having increased stress, which for my conditions means increased pain because you're, you're always on guard. You're always ready to fight anybody you go up and talk to, even if it was something as uh, trivial as parking your vehicle uh, was, was considered a threat. And that's, you know, to, to continue, say you're not even in that line of work to continue with that. Or if you come to that point and you, you see everybody as negative or bad or a threat, or they just want something from me. Um, I guess that is a destructive lifestyle. And that's, that's just kind of what was going through my mind when you said that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. There's um, when I became a Christian, it changed the reason I did, did anything. What I, what I mean by that is that I believe, and this might be a, a controversial point. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a subject, that's the title of the- ready for it. Are you ready for it? Let's get, get into, into it. Because, <laughs> wherever you are. The, 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 <laughs> the worldview of a God makes more sense for mor our morality than not having a God at all. So, the the perspective the perspective of we are created uh, and and this is the reason i do a good thing makes more sense than there was an explosion and we're here there's then no reason for me to go out and do something 
that we consider negative. Special thanks to The Healthy Place, a local nutrition store. Visit findyourhealthyplace.com for any vitamin or supplement needs, and you'll receive 10% off by using coupon code VICTORY. Code is not case-sensitive, USA shipping only. You can also chat with a wellness consultant for free using the chat icon in the bottom right corner of their page. Also special thanks to Wild Theory CBD. For any purchases through wildtheory.com, you'll receive 10% off by using coupon code VICTORY. For all your CBD needs, this is the brand that I use daily to keep in the fight. Hope you can check both companies out on Instagram. Those accounts are at Apple Wellness and at Wild Theory CBD. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you heard something that inspired you and that you continue to tune in. Feel free to reach out to me on social media or by email. Also, if you're in a position to donate, I have a Patreon account set up to support this podcast and the community behind it. Whatever you're going through and whatever your situation is, stay in the fight.